0: Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On this week's episode, I sat down with Dr. Amy DePeltow. Amy is a doctor of physical therapy, board-certified orthopedic specialist, strength and conditioning specialist, and most recently attained a pelvic health certification to level up her practice of treating female athletes. We had an exciting discussion about working with women across the lifespan, why all women need strength training, and important considerations for treating or training female athletes of all ages and skill levels. I hope you enjoy this value-packed episode. So, without further ado, here's Amy. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I am joined by somebody that I have been looking forward to having on my podcast since before this podcast even started. Um, Dr. Amy DePeltow. Did I say that correct?
1: Yeah, you did good job.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, girl. I appreciate it. We've been, it's been a long time coming.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so to kick things off, I'd love to begin with an introduction of who you are and what you're all about.
1: Sure. <laughs> um okay, so I guess we're just gonna we're gonna go back far here. Um, so uh I was actually born and raised in Atlanta. Um I've like lived all over the southeast since then. Um, but I mean, I'm now working in, I mean, you know, I'm now working in South Carolina, um, in Columbia, South Carolina at a company called Vertex PT Specialists, um, which I like to dub as the Disney of PT practices. Um, I have
0: heard you say that before. I, love <laughs> I, that.
1: I have told a lot of people that, <laughs> um, so I've been a, a physical therapist for four and a half years, um, roughly four and a half years. Um, when I finished school, um, uh, so I went to uh, East Tennessee state for grad school, um, uh, so most of my, my schooling was actually in Tennessee, but then I took my first job um, out of school in Kentucky, in Lexington, Kentucky, I'm working for um, an outpatient company there and actually did an orthopedic residency with that company. Um, and then when I like pretty much immediately, when I finished that residency, I ended up moving um, to South Carolina to come work for Vertex. Um, and so I've been at Vertex since like February of 2019. Um, and so <clears throat> I've de- I mean, I've done a lot of, of stuff between, Uh, between like, you know, starting my first job, and then, you know, to getting me to where I am now, but like, I mean, I've always been very interested in like um, outpatient ortho and sports, and so I've been able to kind of stick along those lines, like pretty, like pretty close to it ever since I even started PT school. I was one of those I feel like one of the rare gems that said they wanted to be an ortho sports PT and actually followed up on it and
0: actually did it. There you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean now I'm. I mean I'm still PT, obviously, but I'm also uh, like a fitness and nutrition coach, um, primarily working with women. And then I'm also I also am an adjunct at University of South Carolina in their DPT program. Um, And then I'm also a clinical instructor. So I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> um, and then from like a a PT standpoint. I definitely work with like all populations and outpatient ortho. Um, but actually like probably more so now than ever, I'm probably, I'm I feel like I'm kind of creating a niche and working with female athletes, um, of all ages. Um, and just a lot of women in general, just because I actually am now starting to treat one's health. So, um, I mean, I could keep going, but we'll just, you know, stop there for now. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: that was perfect. I mean, you definitely have done a lot. It's very impressive. And, um, I love how like you said, you're starting to get more of that female athlete niche, but you're not just defining that as, you know, college level female athlete who plays soccer. You're looking, you're working with women across the spectrum, which is really cool. Um, but another question just about your personal fitness journey. I know you're involved in, you know, some weightlifting and CrossFit and things like that, but can you kind of talk about your journey as a female athlete, um, as a woman who now loves lifting weights and kind of like how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, that's a a bit of an interesting story because, um, as you probably are too, I've been an athlete my entire life, pretty much since I came out of the womb. Um, (laughs) now I've been playing sports since I was like seven years old and I've played, I mean, just the gamut of team sports. Um, I just have always loved playing sports. And so, um, (laughs) when I was trying to figure out what I was actually going to be as a grown up. Um, my mom was like, you can't major in sports. And so I was like, okay, I'll do athletic training, (laughs) like the closest thing you can get to it. And then she was like, you should actually look into physical therapy. And then, you know, once she did that and I was like, oh, you can do sports PT. I'm sold. Um, but that's actually
0: exactly, exactly (laughs) the same story as me. I was a junior in high school. It was time to apply to college. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. And my dad was in a business group with a physical therapist. And he's like, Julie, like, see if you can go volunteer. So I went in, I introduced myself and, I was sold. I was like, this is it. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, I mean, my, I guess my journey as like an, an athlete, um, you know, from the team sports until now has been a bit, a bit of an interesting one. Cause for, I mean, even going through like undergrad and grad school, I definitely did a lot of, um, intramural sports. And then in undergrad, I was actually on the club rowing team and the club soccer team. Um, and then, yeah. So, I mean, I've like have a, a deep love for team sports, which is, it's nice to have that background because I like when I work with team sport athletes, like I can relate to them, even if I'm totally. like not doing their sport anymore. So that's been cool. But then also like once I got into, so this is kind of interesting because I feel like mo- most people I talk to just assume that I've been like lifting weights forever. Um, I have not been doing that. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And I will tell you most women haven't that's not the first athletic thing that they do is pick up a weight so that's why you know I love to hear about your journey and how did you get into that weightlifting
1: yeah so I mean honestly even through PT school as as much as I you know knew how important that was I did not have a lot of experience like in the weight room um like I mean I would still like go lift weights but like I guess I like really really got interested in exercise prescription when I realized just like how much I was not learning about that in PT school. And so I was like, if I want to actually be a good like outpatient ortho sports PT, I'm gonna have to like do this on my own kind of. So um (laughs) the first thing I I I think the first two things I ever bought were like some programming by Brett Contreras and John Russon. And so I did that for a while. But like I mean I would I would say I was pretty consistent with doing like programming like that. But I didn't start to really like truly get into it with consistency until almost the end of 2017. Um, and that was when I was actually already working as physical therapist in outpatient clinic. Okay. Um, So I, that was like, you know, probably like part, I mean, maybe like six months into my first job. Um, I actually ended up meeting a strength coach in Kentucky, um, that just so happened to live like five minutes away from the clinic I was working at. And he had a garage gym that he trained um, a lot of clients out of, and he was trained, um, in the starting strength, uh, approach, I guess, if you want to call it that. So for those of you who don't know that that's, um, Mark Riffito. So he's got a book called starting strength. He's got several, he's got quite a few books, but starting strength is like one of those like OG books on strength training. Um, so he was trained in that approach and like ended up even like getting certified in it. Um, which is not an easy thing to do if you, if you like look into how they, how they have to get tested. But, um, he was also like really into kettlebells too. So like I trained out of his garage for like, I think uh, the better part of the next year into, yeah, probably like a year, almost a year and a half. Um, I would say, um, and I ended up having him coach me, um, into a powerlifting meet. So, okay. Um, I, so I pretty much like, I mean, I feel like I was like a newbie, even though I had been in the gym before, when I started working with him, because like the strict barbell stuff was pretty new to me. And I like really had to learn how to move the barbell properly. Um, and I was thankful for that because I mean, obviously it's served me well now, but I mean, I had, I still had to learn all of that. And that's, I mean, I was a practicing physical therapist in outpatient clinic at that point. So like, Mm -hmm not, uh, you know, I've come a long way. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And when, when did you um, obtain your CSCS? Uh, Yeah. So that's the interesting part too, because I had my CSCS after, like I took that after I passed my board exam for when I graduated. So I even had my CSCS and was practicing and still just felt like I didn't know anything.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I can relate to that too, in the sense of Um, I definitely identify with your story of, I was a team athlete my whole life. I played field hockey in college. I loved it. And what I, what I really fell in love with, and it wasn't really until after I finished field hockey that I realized it, but I was one of the not so skilled girls on the team. I was pretty much a bench warmer, but I still kept coming back and working really hard because I loved the aspect of training that goes along with being an athlete. I loved being in the weight room. I loved the preseason, you know, all the work that comes along with that. And then when field hockey ended, it's like, I didn't even really miss the sport, but I had this identity stripped away from me of like, what the heck do I do now? And since then that was now three years ago. um, I'm still figuring it out and, you know, working out somewhat consistently, but I don't have a plan. I don't have something that I'm like training for and I definitely crave that feeling of like community and, and a team like you talked about. And luckily I am able to kind of um, fill that cup a little bit with coaching team sports here on campus, but I'm leaving the university of Scranton forever in a few days. And that's another thing that I'm going to miss terribly. So all of that being said, I mean, I love the fact that, A lot of us think, especially if we played sports as a kid, we think that as soon as those sports end, oh, I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm washed up is what all of us walk around and say. And then the other day I was like, guys, we're 24 years old. Like we are just getting started on whatever we want being an athlete to be, you know. Um, So that's really cool that it that you got into it even later down the road. And it just shows that it's never too late to pick up a weight and start working out and get a coach. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's true. And I mean, you know, I, I tell all my students now, like have somebody coach you, it's going to make you a better PT. And if, if you want to, you know, coach, it's going to make you a better coach. But, um, I mean, I'm now, I mean, so I don't compete in powerlifting anymore. Um, I I have surpassed that time of my life. (laughs) The one meet was enough for me. (laughs) It (laughs) It was a good experience, but no, I do CrossFit now. So, I mean, actually started doing CrossFit pretty much immediately when I moved to South Carolina. And, um, and so I've actually had A coach like really since like 2017 like I've had a coach consistently since then not the same coach like I've definitely rotated through a few coaches which is also awesome because I've learned so much from each one of them
0: yeah I can imagine Um,
1: but I've I've always gone through I've never actually done like a lot of like group fitness in the CrossFit realm I've really only had like individualized programming um with a coach that has just programmed CrossFit stuff for me, and that's, okay. what, I, that's what I do now. Um, and that comes from the OPEX model, and um, which I'm happy to talk about if you want to know more more about that. But that's our model that we have at our gym, Evertex. So okay, so like that's what I do for my athletes as individual programming. Um, okay. So that's been really helpful for me because I've been doing CrossFit for almost three years now, and I, I compete at the intermediate level, um, which I like to call myself a mediocre athlete. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I joke about that with my, a lot of my patients, um, even though, you know, they would like to roll their eyes at me, but, um, but to an extent, I feel like it's true, but also realistically CrossFit is very hard and, you know, only being three years in and being able to like compete at the intermediate level when I'm learning everything <laughs> later in life is actually pretty cool. So,
0: yeah, um, this, no, that's, go that's through. very Yeah, that's very impressive. And I definitely, for the sake of not boring my listeners too much about CrossFit, I would like to chat a little bit more about that after um, we hop off the recording, because I want to know more. Um, But one of the coolest things that you've done that got my attention was when you created a women's barbell club. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what your motivation was behind that?
1: So that was so awesome. Um, So we started that, uh, I think that was two years ago, um, in the gym. Um, at at our clinic so we have a gym um, attached to our clinic and that's our coach so we I got to the point where I was uh, you know I work with so many students um, patients um, and then you know a few clients in the gym and like obviously I said uh, you know I work a lot with women but like you know especially from like the students and patients that I was having come into the clinic like there's so many of them that like are really interested in learning how to use the barbell, but are like really scared to, because they're afraid they're going to injure themselves. Um, mm-hmm. or they're afraid to do it in the gym because they train somewhere where it's like super intimidating to be around all these, like, you know, bulky guys in like, you know, half a t-shirt. Um, exactly. Hunting, any,
0: so. any woman that I've ever talked to who has had a little bit of an interest in doing that. I have had friends here on campus say to me, like, Julie, I, I really want to try to bench press, but I'm just so scared too." A get hurt
1: or B because there's boys everywhere. Yeah. So that's so true. So we, so we decided to do this. So, um, so two of my, uh, two of my friends that were both at the time coaches, um, in our gym, um, you know, they're both super strong women. And like, we were, we were all, you know, just like, why don't we just start this club? Um, and so what we ended up doing was running an eight week cohort. Um, like we did it like every, every Friday night, I think. Um, for eight weeks and we pretty much taught them like all the basic barbell lifts and then so we would do that for like half of the time and then the second half we do like a little conditioning piece so kind of like CrossFit-esque but not full-on CrossFit and like the the barbell work that we were teaching them was like strict barbell work Um, and that's you know from my background of where I came from in strength training like I'm super comfortable in that area now because I've gone through it myself. Um, and I, you know, coach so many people in the clinic and in the gym on that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we were just like, we want to make women feel comfortable doing the basic barbell lifts. And like, of course we could, could have gone into the Olympic lifts and we did a little bit on our second cohort of it. But, um, like it's, I mean, primarily focused on bench press, strict press, deadlift, um, front squat and back squat. Okay, very Um, cool. And several sessions.
0: What what do you think the benefit is for so I guess two questions here. One question is what was kind of like the typical demographic that you had, or what women did you attract to that? And then second question is why barbell movements? Why should women learn how to use a barbell? What's the reason behind it as opposed to like, you know, 10 pound bicep curls?
1: I mean, we love 10 pound bicep curls though. We like we like we do, we do. Um, so yeah. Uh, we, yeah, I mean, you know, you obviously could go either way on like dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, to be honest with you, I don't even really care. It's just very empowering to like lift a barbell. Um, Yes. That, that is the answer that I wanted. Yeah. I can't even tell you like how many women like in our, in our barbell club were like, so excited for themselves because they did something they never thought they'd be able to do. Uh Um, They felt felt very strong, which is awesome. And so in our um, first cohort of our barbell club, we had actually, this is super cool. We had ages 20 to 80 in there. Wow. That is amazing. That was awesome. So, I mean, I would say, you know, more of the population was probably the like twenties to mid thirties, but um, we had, uh, we had like a few women in their fifties. We had one in in her sixties who was actually like a competitive CrossFit athlete in her sixties, which was awesome. Hell yeah! Um, and then we had um, an eighty-year-old who can de- who can trap our deadlift one forty-five for a one rep max. By the wow. way, wow!
0: See, yeah. age is just a number.
1: Yeah, um, she was so. Oh my gosh, she was probably my favorite person in there. She was so cute. Um, and you know, I taught her how to bench press and she bench pressed like 55 pounds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for no, somebody, that, in their hey. 80, somebody in their 80s, yeah, yeah. How to do that, like oh, she yeah, was I've so excited. It. She came back into the gym and she was like, Amy, how much weight did I lift? And I was like 55. She's like, Oh, I gotta go tell my husband. I was like. <laughs>
0: That is that conversation is literally my life goal. Like if I could have that conversation with an 80 year old woman, like I could just die right there. That's my life is complete. So that, that is so freaking cool. Um, now I'm sure a lot of the women that you've worked with and potentially some that you ended up, um, having in this barbell club have the notion in their head that women shouldn't lift weights because it's going to make them bulky. I'm sure you've heard this before. I hear it all the time. Women are scared to lift too heavy because of looking too bulky and muscular. Why should women be lifting weights? And like, what would you say to somebody or what conversation do you have with somebody who has this thought process around weightlifting?
1: Swole is the goal, size is the price. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, I, so I have thought about this a lot because I feel like, um, I feel like there is a stigma to being a female with muscles. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I really have even, I've run into that with patients before too. Actually, I recall like one of my first patients I had at Vertex, um, within, within like a few months of me, like doing CrossFit, I had like both bulk, bulked up for sure. And, um, like I was talking to her about the training stuff and like potentially like me, like working with her or something. And she was like, well, I just don't, she's like, no, no offense. I just don't want to have arms like yours. And I'm like, why would you not want that? <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't say I get it. Cause I don't get it because I like, I think it's silly to like, um, like I get the, maybe not wanting to look masculine type of thing, but like, there is literally nothing wrong with women having muscles. And that's the one thing that I love about CrossFit. And I'm gonna, I mean, you know, obviously I'm a little biased. I do CrossFit. And I like, that is like my sport of choice and I love it. I'm very invested in it, but I feel like that sport has done a lot for the perspective of what a fit woman looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I feel like it's made it more accepted that it's like cool for women to have muscles.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and that's definitely something that attracts me to PTs in that space, coaches in that space. Um, but in general, I mean, for anybody who doesn't really understand the benefits of strength training versus cardio, like some people go to the gym and have no idea what to do. What's the best exercise stuff like that, because why would you right? like why should women be strength training and not just going on the elliptical for like 30 minutes every day?
1: Yeah. So this is, this is an interesting one too. I like to, um, sometimes I really will challenge my patients, um, perspective on things. Um, when we start talking about body composition, because, um, sometimes I'll just be like, Hey, how much do you think I weigh? And then they'll say something that's like not even close. And I'll be like, no, it's actually this, which is like way heavier than what they're suspecting. And I'm like, Uh yeah, because I have muscle and, you know, and then they're like, well, yeah, muscle weighs more than fat. And I'm like, well, uh, no, I mean, not really, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, strength training is super important for a variety of reasons, but I mean, honestly, if you like are wanting to like look a little differently, as far as body composition goes, strength training is one of the best things you can do. Cause cardio mm-hmm. is only going to get you so far. Yep. You know, I mean, like it's helpful to have both of those things for sure. But you know, if I'm going to prioritize one thing versus another, it's going to be the strength. Um, strength is going to come first and then the cardio will come after that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And like you said, I mean, there's definitely a big stigma and I do think that
1: we're moving in the right direction. And
0: as somebody who's young entering this world of fitness, I hope that I can be a driving force and empowering women to take on that mindset of why can't we be muscular and strong too? But, um, yeah, in terms of exercise, I mean, I think that some people think that if you are trying to change how your body looks, you can just like do cardio, lose some weight and, all of a sudden muscles are going to reveal themselves. When in reality, if you want to look toned, that means that you need to increase the amount of muscle mass that you have. And the only way that that can be achieved is through strength training. Um, And I like that you mentioned that you've always worked with a coach and that's something that now that I'm transitioning out of school, I look forward to getting into a position where I can um, put in the time and money and effort to having a coach myself. But I also would recommend to people and especially women to go find a coach, go find somebody that, you know, resonates with you and that can talk about these things with you
1: and help you reach your goal. Cause
0: nobody can just wake up one day and know exactly what to do. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I sure didn't. I I mean, I tell my clients all the time that when I started consistently weight training, I mean, back in 2017, I couldn't do a pull-up, a pull-up. I couldn't do one.
0: Yeah. I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I'm setting goals for myself that, are somewhat basic. Um, but same thing, like I'm realizing that for me, I want to start to feel like an athlete again, like as silly as that sounds like, yeah, I'm strong. I can bench press, you know, a good amount of weight, things like that. But I have started looking into people on social media that are like in their late twenties, thirties, doesn't even matter how old. And they're doing all the things that I was doing when I was quote unquote, an athlete. And like, you can do that stuff at any age, you know? And we mentioned some of the physical benefits of improving your body composition. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be healthier, all those things, but you're also going to feel really freaking good. And I'm really passionate about this right now. Cause in an age where like mental health is so fragile and like people have trouble having this sense of like self-worth and confidence, like if you want to gain confidence, set a goal and get to the gym and like watch your body change and watch your performance change and You know, I mean, have you had some experiences training women that you mentioned that some women are like, "I never thought I can do this"? But how do you think that that could translate into somebody's life, like these gains in the gym?
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, I see it literally every day. I I can't even tell you how many like patient scenarios I've had that like had where like um I don't know I've had like so I mean obviously I coach in the gym but like to be honest, like I coach my patients every single day. Like I teach mm-hmm. my, I teach so many patients how to lift the, like with the barbell. Um, like, cause it doesn't care. I don't, I don't care. Like if they're 10 or if they're 90, like you still need to be able to squat and deadlift and carry and press like, uh-huh. That's
0: right. I will be screaming that from the rooftops until the day that I die. And I'm glad that you are too. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, I mean, like yeah, I mean, I have a patient right that I actually saw earlier today. So she's seventy-eight, and um, she has come to see me a, a couple times. Um, and the very first time she ever came in, she had fallen nine times, in in like less than a year, nine times. Wow. And she came in to see me, and I started her. Uh, so she came in on a cane. Um, I started her on, uh, I mean, just like some box squats or like squats to a box, squats to a chair. Um, you know, like a loaded progression of that, doing some carries, teaching her how to deadlift, um, working on some balance stuff. And like, I mean, a super basic, super basic Um, within, I want to say it was in with within four to six weeks of working with me, she completely stopped falling.
0: Wow. And, Um, and for you, it's like, it was that easy, like, but yeah, people just need to move and load. And like you said, it's, it's all these fundamental concepts, but unfortunately, as physical therapists, we really aren't taught that side of things in school. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you're able to kind of use that strength and conditioning knowledge and some of your own practical stuff and and use it with patients. Um, because yeah, it's, it's really through the lifespan that those things matter.
1: Yeah. And I've got another good example too. So um, this one um, may resonate with you a little bit more. So I um, was working with a girl this past year, actually, I worked with her um, she's post op ACL reconstruction um soccer player, wanted to go play soccer in college. Um, so high, like high high school senior. Um and she I started seeing her like two weeks post op. And I was actually able to work with her pretty much all the way until she went back to college. So like I had her for we were going on like month seven or eight by the time she was done with me and had to go to school. Otherwise, wow. I would have continued with her like all the way to literally all the way to return to sport. Um, yeah. So she was actually stronger than she'd ever been in her entire life, even though she was a team sport athlete um, once she was done with PT.
0: Wow. That's um, so amazing. I, got
1: her up to, I got her up to deadlifting, like conventional deadlift, like 135 for five. Um, she was so excited. Um, she was like, Amy, how much did I do? And then like, we recorded it and everything. And she was pumped. She was like, literally, this is the strongest I've ever been in my entire life. Um, That's, it's like kind of to an extent, like makes me a little bit sad because she is like a team sport athlete and she, you know, is good enough to go play in college, but like hasn't been doing consistent strength training other than her, you know, two times a week in physical therapy for the last several months. But like, it's still cool to see like just how far she came due to what we did. And it was only even two times a week. So um, yeah, I mean, I could keep going on, but yeah, no, I know.
0: I mean, that's amazing. And, and what I've realized, um, like I said, I talked a little bit about my journey as a college athlete, but I work with a few different teams here on campus, ranging from the tennis team to the field hockey team and the basketball team. So um, all the division three level, but I definitely see a very wide spectrum of Uh, boys and girls who can get under the barbell and move it like a champ and then people who like have no idea what's going on but what I've learned is what everybody has the potential for and what everybody has in common is that if an athlete can have a moment like that where they feel genuinely proud and strong and empowered because they learned to do something or because they got stronger like that's going to carry them way beyond college sports Mm -hmm. you know and for me I didn't have a me coaching me. Like there were some other people in the weight room when I was an athlete, but it really was my own just like self-talk that fell in love with this. And I love being on the other side because the other night I I had an optional lift for the field hockey team. It's finals week. I didn't think anybody was going to show up. Maybe like a few people, there were like 10 girls who came and they were so excited for their off season program. They were like, Julie, like, I, I had so much fun with you this semester. We're going to miss you. Like, I can't wait to squat again. And just seeing their faces light up. I was like, guys, not to get all like, you know, deep right now, but I just want to let you know that this makes me so happy because one day you're going to wake up and it's going to be your last day as a college field hockey player. And you're going to go through a weird period where you're not sure if you should even work out anymore. And then all of a sudden you're going to remember what that felt like and it's going to carry you forward. And like, that is just, oh my God, it's the best feeling. And I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you get to experience that on the day to day, because I hope to be in a similar position to where you are one day. And I'm glad that that's not coming to an end, you know?
1: No, I mean, that's the, I I would say that's the beauty of where I work now though, because I have so much like I guess I feel like I have so much freedom in being able to do things like that because of the environment that I work in, you know, like it's just such a unique environment. It's not something you're going to find it on, you know, find every day. That's why I call it a unicorn practice.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, Now, another thing more in regards to like the young female athlete, um, if we're talking like high school or college level, do you have any like common problems or um, things that you see come up with female athletes that, may contribute to injury or other setbacks that they face as an athlete.
1: Yeah. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this since you work with a lot of athletes too, but, um, number one, not eating enough.
0: Oh my God. Literally. You couldn't have said it better.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, I could be very candid and say that I had that that same problem. So it actually really hits home for me. So I get where athletes are coming from on this, but, um, I actually like, took a deep dive down the rabbit hole on this when, uh, I, I presented to, uh, the wellness class in the DPT program at USC. Um, cause I started talking about red S or reds, however you want to call it, um, which is relative energy deficiency in sport. Um, and so that's a huge problem, a huge problem that I feel like we don't talk. I mean, I definitely had no, no idea anything about that when I was in PT school. And I know that it's, like that's that's the new term essentially for the female athlete triad, but they re re I guess returned it um just because it encompasses men too. It's not just about women, even though yeah. primarily like women, but that's where like all the research is at. Right. Um but uh yeah, I mean, how much time you got?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know that could be literally a whole nother episode in itself. Maybe I'll have you back on. Well, I'll definitely will have you back on. But um, yeah, it's super true. And I will say. It's definitely not talked about. It's hard because I feel like when it comes to nutrition, we don't really know whose job it is. Like in reality, as PTs, we can totally talk about it. We've got the person right in front of us for an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. As a coach, it's like nutrition is arguably sometimes more important than whatever you're giving them to work out, right? But it's hard because it's kind of been this like taboo topic of like, how do, how do we discuss it? And, um, when I was an athlete myself, I didn't know too much about it. I got interested in nutrition from a class that I took in undergrad, a sports nutrition class, started tracking my calories on my fitness pal and learned a little bit and realized once I started kind of getting information that I wasn't eating enough either. And I'm very grateful. I've never struggled with any true like, um, body dysmorphia or eating disorder, anything like that. I've, I've never dealt with that. Um, but that being said, it was very eye-opening to me when I figured out what I really needed to be eating. And I have had those conversations with, um, athletes before. And again, it's hard because you want to educate a person, but you don't want them to feel bad. And, um, I actually had a, the other day when I had the field hockey girls, I was asking them, um, you know, what kinds of things they wanted in the program and what kinds of things they wanted me to take into account. And I basically asked them what problems happened this season. And I made a list of injuries and this and that. And one of the girls raised her hand and she was like, Hey, Julie, you know, I don't really know what, what the um, cause of this was, but there were some games where at the end of the game, I would just be like, so gassed and so tired. And like, it would kind of happen sporadically. And like, I don't know if it was an endurance thing or like a strength thing or what, but like, that was just something that I noticed. And I was like, honestly, I don't want to say your name, but so-and-so like you are strong as hell. Your endurance is very good. You guys are one of the most in shape teams I've ever seen. If there were certain games that you felt like that, this might not be the answer that you want, but it's probably because you're not recovering well. It's probably because of your sleep and your nutrition And she was like, okay, yeah. So like, what do I do? And that's kind of the problem, but I actually, um, I'd love to show you, I, I made their off season program the other day and I added in a page at the end of just some general, like sleep and nutrition, like kind of like things to keep in mind. Um, but I really hope it's something that becomes more commonplace to talk about. And even if it's one person in the clinic or one trainer in the gym who has the knowledge, who can have those conversations Like it's, you know, that would be great. But even, especially at the college level, it really, it's really hard for me to see that be a problem because college athletes have a lot more to do than just be a college athlete, right? Like you're in class, you're, you're walking around all day, you're up late, you're studying, you're going out, you're stressed. Like you need calories more than anybody else on the planet, honestly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it is hard. I mean, do you have any like advice for anybody who might be thinking like, Oh, maybe I'm not eating enough. And maybe that's why I'm having trouble in the gym.
1: Yeah. So that's the thing is like figuring out, um, I mean, you know, and it's not even just a performance thing, right. That's just like one part of it. Cause if you look at the like spectrum of the things that can be affected by not eating enough or really, I mean, what what red s is is just an energy balance problem so you're expending more energy than you're taking in right so um you have to have the balance of both of those like you know and and i say not eating enough but it's really like you literally just need to match your nutrition to the amount of exercise that you're doing um and so that that can affect so many body systems and um and we could talk about this i don't know if you, how far down the rabbit hole you want to get on this but like I mean, I talk, I talk to my like athletes, patients about periods all the time, because that is such an important thing to monitor with people. Um, and if you're not having one, that is concerning. Um, now, there's a lot more to it than that, because there are also athletes that are on birth control, right? Um, and that also can present a problem in and of itself, because you cannot re- rely on being on birth control to tell you that you're having a normal period. So if you're having a birth control period, That is really what we'd like to call a pill bleed. So that's not an actual period. So you can't use that as a marker of whether or not you're eating enough. Okay. Which is very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you explain that very simply. It's all about balance. You have energy that you're expending and then you have energy that you're taking in AKA food. And there has to be some kind of balance. How does somebody go about like figuring out what that balance is?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good question. You know, I mean, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole on like, and like the equation for it. I mean, there's a lot of different ones out there. Um, I mean, even to be honest, like with my clients, most of the time, I'm just guiding them towards the precision nutrition calculator. Cause you can Google that. Um, okay. and, um, that'll ask. So, I mean, you know, you have to go through a whole equation, some type of equation that's going to factor in, the like level of exercise that you're doing on a daily basis. And that doesn't include just the actual exercise that includes like your total daily activity. Right. Um, because that can also be a misconception into whether or not you're eating enough. Cause like sometimes people don't think that like just their daily activity is enough to make a difference, but it can be enough to make a difference. And, like, especially on top of doing hard exercise. So, um, that has to be factored into some type of equation. And then um, you know, if you're, if you really have truly no idea, like how many calories you're eating, like it, as much as like, there's a lot of speculation on whether or not tracking is helpful. Um, I sometimes will encourage clients to do that just so they have a basic idea of yeah. maybe <clears throat> generally speaking, how many calories they're taking in. Right. Um, and, and sometimes I won't even do that. Sometimes I'll just say like, I want you to just write down everything that you eat for like three days, two of them, uh, like two of them during the week and one of them on a weekend, just to see what it looks like. And then just give me like the general amount of whatever you ate. Okay. It's very very interesting what you find.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I really like that though. I mean, eating, I actually had a, a podcast episode that I did by myself, like maybe like 10 episodes ago, but it was about, um, mindfulness when it comes to eating and how, Eating has become something in our life and in our culture that is so mindless that it makes it really difficult to make changes because you have no idea what your baseline is. You know, like so. Um, I like the idea of yeah, like maybe you don't want to tell somebody right off the bat to like download my fitness pal and enter everything. That it's hard, you know. I recognize that, but a good place to start is yeah, just like writing it down, like paying attention to what you are eating. And mm-hmm. I've I've um, experimented before with asking picking an athlete in the weight room and saying, Hey, what'd you have for lunch two days ago? And like, I don't know. Like, and again, not that we all need to like be crazy about our food, but having an awareness of what you're eating and if you're eating enough, um, is really important. And especially with people who have a busy lifestyle, like you said, like, it seems like planning when you're going to eat and planning what you're going to eat can solve a lot of the problem because I've had days where it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot to eat dinner because you just get wrapped up and it happens. But when that happens consistently over time, um, yeah, it's going to affect your energy levels and your health and your ability to perform. But I'm glad to hear that again, that you're having those conversations. And um, it's definitely something that I'm optimistic is going to become more commonplace, you know, in our
1: world. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm hopeful too, but we just need more we need more good PTs out there that like care. I mean, that care about it.
0: That's true. That's a good point. And I guess PTs that know about it. That's the other problem yeah. is
1: you really need to start with
0: us and start with coaches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You know, this conversation is getting me so excited and then it's also making me realize that there are so many problems that I want to solve and. <laughs> isn't
1: um, it, isn't that it. Yeah. It's. I, I guess it's, that's what it's all about. Huh? That's why it becomes hard to say no to things because you're like, when you learn that you, um, especially in the setting where like, you see a lot of direct access patients, like I do, like if you're like the front line that somebody is, is getting in the door to, and you have the skill set that, you know, not a lot of people have, like they're going to come to you for all the questions. And that's Mm -hmm. where I am for a lot of things. So it's like a, a, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes because I feel like I have to know all the answers, even though I'll never know all the answers. Um, but like when people trust you and trust what you have to say, like, you know, I I ha- wear a lot of different hats, but I also have like that allows me to have like a skill set that not a lot of people have, but th- it becomes hard though, because then you have a hard time saying no because you want to learn all the things all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um now one more question for you on the topic of women and exercise and everything. Um, a good amount of my listeners are women. A lot of them are around my age, but I also work a lot with, um, or I should say not work with, but have conversations with a lot of more middle-aged women who are just looking to get in shape. You know, mm-hmm. my mom is a classic example. Jules, I just, you know, I'm going to cut out carbs and I want to lose 10 pounds and I want to get rid of this fat on my arm right here. How do I do that? Like the classic conversations, um, Obviously we know that strength training is very beneficial for women for a lot of reasons, but for somebody who like has no idea where to start, what do you think is kind of a good place to, what is a good thing to focus on at first when it comes to just like getting healthy? What's the first thing that you should focus on?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you could ask a lot of people that question and it would probably be different based off of, of what you know, what their experience is, but, um, you could probably test this, but like, honestly, um, if we're going to talk like about like all the lifestyle things, I mean, sleep is a priority, right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not recovering from exercise, it doesn't matter how much exercise you do, like in the long run, it's probably still not going to be that helpful for you if you can't recover from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm preaching to the, to myself saying that by the way, <laughs> yeah, no, I um, bet. but yeah. I mean, if, if you're, if we're talking from like a position of just like no experience, um, you know, like you said before, get a coach, get somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, preferably somebody that's a PT and a coach, cause then hopefully you're not going to get injured.
0: You know? Yeah. True. Best of all worlds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's been the nice thing about where I work because almost all of our coaches and our gym are PTs also. So like when I, you know, I'm trying to sell, sell our patients on the gym, which is usually not a hard sell. I'm like, you know, this might be more expensive than what you're used to, but like you're also your coach is a doctor of physical therapy. <laughs> like you don't find that very often. Like mm-hmm. they have a lot more knowledge than your average coach, and they're going to be able to help you. You know, not only prevent yourself from getting injured, but like just help you move better and feel better and look better if that's your goal. Yeah. Um, hopefully, without you know, or really hopefully without without a lot of injury. So uh, that's one thing that I. I'm very proud of with all my athletes that I've coached so far, is like minimal injuries. Like I take that as a win over anything else.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I have to ask, obviously, we know Vertex is Disney World. And I really hope that I can get myself down there one day. But do you know, like this model that we're talking about that's so successful in our eyes, this PT connected to a gym with coaches working together? Do you see more of these kinds of models popping up, or do you think they're kind of more common? Like speaking from where I live in New York and spending some time in PA, like I may not know about them, but I know that there's not many of them because I don't know where they are. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Are they, is it easy to find a PT who also has this coaching knowledge as well?
1: I feel like it's, I honestly do feel like it's becoming way more common, but I probably can't speak to like your part of the country as much as I can to the South, but that's also just because I know a lot of people down here, but I would say down here, like, I mean, that's definitely something that's growing, but I mean, still even where I am, like i in, you know, Columbia, South Carolina, like we, we are like the only practice like this, you know, there are definitely like some other sports type of practices, but like the physical therapy that is happening there is not anywhere near the caliber of physical therapy that's happening at Vertex. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like if you stay, if you network with the right community of people, you're going to you're gonna find a good community of people, but also like if you think about just how many cities there are versus how many people are doing crossFit, playing this sport, playing that sport, or they just want to look good and move well, like there are so many people that want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of physical therapists that can help them because there, are, there you know like this, there's a huge ratio there. Um, and you know, I, I'm sure that you know about this company, but onward physical therapy is, Oh yeah. You know, That's the other one. Vertex yeah, so, and
0: onward are my two like goal scenarios in life.
1: <laughs> so onward onward is obviously super cool. And, you know, I applaud them for trying to get in each city because I'm like, if anything, like if, you know, I have somebody that like needs to go to a place, like, somewhere that's not where anywhere near where I am. Like right. if I can send them to an onward, like awesome. But you know, I stay networked with like a ton of PTs. So like, I still know other PTs that aren't in that model necessarily that are, you know, maybe running their own business or still doing something like pretty similar. Like I would say actually, um, there's a company down in South Alabama called refined physical therapy. Um, and the owner of that company is a buddy of mine. Cause he actually used to work for Vertex. So, um, he is awesome. His, practice is going to be pretty similar to a, the a vertex kind of model. So, um, I mean, there places do exist. You just kind of have to, I guess, sometimes you gotta know the right people. Um, but that's where the networking comes in. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So definitely. Got it. Is
1: that it keeps getting better girl.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I'm totally with you on that. Um, that's awesome. Now, one final question for you that all of my guests receive my podcast is centered around the pursuit of high achievement and becoming a better version of yourself. So, Amy, what is a personal goal that you have right now and how are you working towards it?
1: Oh, man, you, hit, you caught me off guard on that one.
0: Um, yeah, whatever comes to mind. What's something that, what's a goal that you got right now?
1: Uh, so, at this point, I'm getting really invested in women's health, physical therapy, like pelvic floor. Um, and yeah, I mean, the goal would just be to get a lot better at that. Um, you know, you, I never thought that I was going to like be very invested in it. Like I am now, but you know, you definitely change from when you first start practicing and like, I had some, like some level of interest in it. Um, but I mean, I was definitely like nervous to like go down the route of doing internal exams, but it definitely doesn't really even phase me at this point. And like, I've realized just, um, man, just how valuable it is to be able to have that skill set to treat women especially because of my fitness background and my coaching background, like there just aren't a lot of people out there that do that period, like mm-hmm. not even in South Carolina, but just period. <laughs> um, and so, um, trying to like learn as much as I can about women's health to be able to treat, I mean, literally to just be able to treat the female athlete in every single aspect. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. So we're still working on that. Um, and actually, uh, I'll give a little plug to, Uh, something we're doing at Vertex soon. Uh, We're actually going to be putting, uh, so one of, one of my um, coworkers right now is she's actually a coach and runs her own coaching business. Um, The two of us are teaming up to put on a seminar at Vertex on um, pretty much everything that you would want to know about the female athlete. And it's geared towards the female athlete themselves. So like, I mean, you know, it will be helpful if you're a coach of one, two, and even if you're a practitioner but it's, you know, it's going to be more basic information and not as science as something that I would necessarily present to like a PT class. Um, but yeah, we're, we're putting that on um, in mid January. And so we will be recording that and putting that out at some point. Um, oh, the- that's awesome. I'm so live, I was, I was just going to say,
0: when should I buy my plane ticket? But if you, can you go do it online, I will join.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, you know, January 15th, that's when it is if awesome. you decide you want to venture down to South Carolina. <laughs>
0: Wow. That's really cool. Really great goals, Amy. Um, this has been a blast conversation. Just any final thoughts for anybody who's working with female athletes or any females listening themselves on the topics of female strength training and why you should pick up a barbell.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, you know, I, I definitely still tend to be a little bit more biased on like, you know, just empowering women through barbell training. However, like at the end of the day, just like do something that makes you happy that you're still getting strong at, um, because we know, just generally speaking, you need to be strong as you get older. That, that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, you you don't want to be like my patient that had fallen nine times before she came in to see me. Um, I really think that like uh, there's a company out there if y'all haven't heard of them called Girls Gone Strong. Uh, Molly Galbraith. Is yes. Friend, Molly Galbraith is a friend of mine. she's the CEO of that company. And, um, she's been doing an awesome job of just changing the perspective of what it looks like for women in the fitness industry. Um, and you know, I just applaud them so much for making it okay for women to look the way that they look, and then also do what they want to do to make their bodies like look good and feel good the way that they want that to be. Not that the way that culture society dictates it should be. So, um, yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Amy, it's eight 30 at night right now. And I'm so fired up. I'm about to like run to the gym and do some squats instead of study for my finals. Um, that was awesome. Great idea. Now, <laughs> I know. Right. Um, so where can listeners find you if they want to reach out to you and chat with you?
1: Yeah, um I I'm pretty uh reachable. Um I try to respond uh, when I can if I'm not doing a million other things. Um I'm on Instagram at, at Ironladydpt. I also have a coaching account um at arms by Amy. Love it. Um yeah, I'm on I think I'm, I'm on Facebook too, but I'm most of the time I'm on Instagram if I'm going to respond to anybody. So, um, yeah, I am always welcoming of taking on students from a a shadowing standpoint or, you know, a clinical instructor standpoint. So, um, you know, if you look on the Vertex PT website, you'll find me there too. Um, and you you can always reach out to me via email there. So, uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Amy, thank you so much. This was an absolute blast. Thanks, girl. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. If you work with women or are a woman listening to this, I hope you feel inspired to break some stigmas and get more females under the barbell. If you enjoyed this episode, shoot Amy or I a message on Instagram at mindset underscore JB or at Arms by Amy, so we can personally thank you for tuning in. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode.